G'day and welcome to Bums on the Bench. My name is Jacko. We're back. With me, I have two guests. A man who is very, very ill, but too proud to admit it. And a man who is not ill. It's Josh and Andy. <laughs> There's no second part to that. <laughs> I don't know. Hi, Andy. Hi. How are you, bud? I'm not migrained out of my head this week. Is, is that a... No, that was literally why we didn't record last week. I had a migraine. <laughs> a migraine. I had a migraine and didn't want to record. <laughs> migraine out of my head right now, fellas. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got. I tell you what, I had an absolute belter in the work group chat today. Uh-huh. I got the most laughs out of any of the ones that reacted today. One of one of our coworkers posted a lovely photo of cupcakes she made for the opening of our new office, and my simple reply was, "I'm a bit of a baker myself." likes likes so we have a couple of things to talk about boys we have the matildas let's go dillies we have i i've done some research that will annoy andy and by that i mean i've listened to someone else do research that i know will annoy andy so i want to talk about that with him i want you here josh because he's going to get very annoyed. I'm going to be the adjudicator of this, and if any swearing comes out, I will encourage it. So I could be- just mute him. <laughs> Before we get into that, to give a preview of how heated this is going to make Andy, Andy, I'm going to tell you the two topics. You get two seconds to react, and then we'll talk about something else until we come back to it. So the first one is why it's scientifically proven to be better better for you to throw underhand at the free throw line in basketball. Oh. There is the first one. And the second one is why it is most important to pull your goalie with 11 minutes to go. Pull your goalie. 11 minutes to go. Why specifically 11 minutes? We'll get into it. And the third one. You said two. Now you're giving me a third one? I, maths is not my strong point. Also surprise, bitch. Yeah, surprise. The third one is the difference between a strong link sport and a weak link sport and why soccer keeps getting it wrong. What the fuck's a strong link? We'll get into it. I told you. I've... Receipts. I came prepared. I'm so excited for this. I'm just going to let Jack do so much talking <laughs> tonight. So let's start with a little bit of fire in our bellies. Okay. Fuck yes, the Tillies. You love to see it. Okay. This is, this uh, is full disclosure. You didn't watch it, did you? I heard about it. I heard it was awesome. <laughs> it was probably the most exciting game that you should not have missed. It was the worst my heart rate's been since Anzac Day. <laughs> your your smartwatch told you to sit down. It did a lot, <laughs> especially in the last fifteen minutes. And I got it. I just got to say it now. Shout out to Vine, man. She, well, the second the she came on the field, she just showed a different bit that put just the Matildas into a fighting spirit, and then gets the fucking winning goal. Twenty one too. Twenty one. She's got so much ahead of her. Like you'd love to see it. Also, uh, shout out to Sam Kerr because the moment she stepped on the field, the Matildas looked like they were better. That the, the instant she was on there, something clicked. They made a break and nearly scored. It's like, oh, so you go, Jack. Because this was this was the penalty shootout that put us through to the round of sixteen, correct? Or the semis? no? We're into the semis, dude. The semis. But There's only four teams left. That's heaps better than sixteen. But this like, is the furthest we've ever made it in any World Cup ever. This is men's or women's. And isn't Jess now the highest or an, an Australian female footballer just became the most scoring Australian rep of all time, beating Harry Kill's old record. Oh, shit, I didn't even know that I one. didn't know that one. Yeah. So someone who scored has now scored the most goals no in Australian No one scored Cups. in this game. Yeah, so no it wasn't one. this game, but th- that's a fact. 
Okay, fair. Shit, I'll have to have a look see that. <laughs> that I remember. So I think so. Oh, only reason I know is there was a little bit of drama on the internet about people going, well, you know, she didn't break the men's record. And the answer was, well, yeah, obviously that can exist. In That's the only reason I know about it is because you had the classic dipshits online go, oh, well, you know, that doesn't really count. <laughs> so we're just fucked. It counts. But it's just, yeah, like this game, you know, it, it, it didn't have a lot of goal scoring. I mean, it had none. It's zero goals. Literally none. However, it felt like a game that you were engrossed. Like, there were near misses. There were points where, you know, the team really looked like they could have made something out of it. And as Andy's saying, it does relate back to the fact that Sam Kerr came on the field. Now, is that there was grumblings of people talking about, is Sam coming in going to be more beneficial or more detrimental to the team? considering the fact that they had quite a chemistry going before this. Because, you know, she was out for quite a few games. People were thinking, like, you know, we've been working real well. The team is understanding each other. They're, like, you know, understanding how to play and pass around each other. But I think this was more of a demonstration that, yes, they might have had this chemistry that was showing in the previous games, you know, Denmark and Nigeria and everything. But what it then showed is that the set plays, all the training they've done, it still fell right in. Even... Being out four weeks, it fell right into step. They understand what the assignment was and they had much more of a striking potential that was clearly lacking in the first couple games. Also, Sam Kerr's the best female player in the world. Yeah. You can you can slot her into any team and they're just going to instantly look better. It, my partner has now become very obsessed with the Matildas in the World Cup. You love to hear it. I, it's fantastic. And she's been having the documentary that I don't know what the documentary is on. It's about the Matildas in the lead up. Stan? Maybe. Probably it's, Stan. It's fantastic. I'm a big, like one of my fascinations with sport is coaching and how the coaches interact with their players. Like I'm a firm believer that, yes, the players have some responsibility on the field, but the majority of the work that gets done is all on the coach. Watching that man take over the team and interact with his players and athletes the way that he's done has been phenomenal. It was the episode I watched was where we went down like 7-0 in one of the exhibition matches. And it was against Spain. And yep, absolutely destroyed on the scoreboard. Down like 7-0, couldn't get a response going on. But the clips they were showing and what he was going on about was essentially he goes, we're not supposed to win this. If we lose the game, that's fine. We're here to win a player. If that means one of you steps up into a position that you are more comfortable in, that's a victory. If one of you steps up into a role that you thought you could never do and come out okay, that's a victory. He just turned the whole like absolute demolishing mm. into a really positive learning experience. So, yeah, it's been fantastic to, and even though I've not been the best watcher of it, it's been fantastic to like sit along and watch how excited the country's been and watch him get around, you know, our best representative soccer team that's ever existed. And like, you know, Firstly, hats off to Spain because apparently they've never been in any finals before and this is their first and now they're already through to the grand finals. That's making it even scarier, especially if we got that 7 0 against <laughs> us. Please, no. But what a run it's going <laughs> to be for us for the rest of it. Like, I, I, I know, you know, we're getting down to the brass tacks of it, but fuck, man, we got challenges <laughs> ahead of us. So who have we got tonight? England. England. Anyway, and who's next when we beat them? Spain. 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 Or Sweden. Nope. No, no, no. So Spain won. No, 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 no. So if we lose tonight, we go into the third oh, place playoff, yeah, the which means we play Sweden. But right. we're not going to lose. No, we're not. I, I don't think so. I mean, England hasn't beaten us in a lot lately. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Let's well, 
looking at form, we've lost two games against England and we've won one in the recent past. Oh, I mean more than just sports. I, I just mean in general. I know. And England have a 41% chance at winning tonight. Fuck them. Let's make it none. Yeah, I know, right? Look, I think we'll do okay. Well, we thought France had a 41% chance to beat us the other night and look at what we did. And France feels like a bigger scalp when it comes to... So, we beat France. Next challenge is England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a challenge. What time? At eight o'clock. Eight o'clock tonight. That's why we're recording this and then getting the fuck out of yeah, here. Yeah, we're getting ready, boy. I, I'm, I might watch that. I'd have to go to Woolies first, but I'll make an endeavour to watch it. Um, interesting around soccer, because that brings up one of the points I wanted to talk about. So... A couple of, I believe they're sociologists and psychologists. So, you know, thinking science, not really doing science. Annoyed Theoretical <laughs> science. Yeah, I've annoyed a lot of people with that. Gang science. Gang science. <laughs> the vibe. The science of El Vibe, which is Spanish for the, the vibe. vibe. is on. Uh, did a breakdown of what they classified as a strong link sport. By the way, that's who we're versing, that's who we're versing next. Fourth and sixth. Ah, dude, we're yeah. in the top 10. That's no worries. Between a strong link sport and a weak link sport. And the two examples they used was football slash soccer and NBA. So in the NBA, they said that is a strong link sport. That because there's only five people on the field, one person who is better than everybody else is enough to swing the game completely. Yeah. So LeBron, Michael Jordan. Jokic. Yep. Will Chamberlain Dom from back Titch. in the day. Magic. Keep going with the modern ones. Uh, Kevin Durant. Ben Simmons, but not for a good reason. Steph Curry. But he's got Clay Thompson and Draymond Green around him. Right. Uh, but, but what they're saying is that in basketball, the performance of one athlete can have a direct consequence on the win-loss ratio. Yes. What they're saying for soccer is that it's actually a weakling sport. So you've got 11 on the field, 10, 10 footballers, one goalie, correct? Yes. That you are... Better off mathematically and statistically, better off if you replace your worst three players with slightly better ones than if you just bring in one brilliant player. Question. Answer. NRL has to be a strong link sport. Like, no, it has to be a weak link sport. Weak. It is a weak weaked. one because there's 13 players on the field. I, no, I get that, and I've been thinking of that. However, getting just that, let, let's use halfback as the example, because I mean, this is the prime example. Yeah. You bring in three better than kind of shit players for a team. Yeah. You bring in one exceptional halfback who starts knowing plays, starts organizing their play. That will turn the swing of the... And I think yes. there are examples from 2023 which are prime for this. So, you are correct. And it is acknowledged in the studies they did that. And they used Messi as an example. If you take Messi... Chances are he can take the ball completely by himself from goal to goal and score. Yes, he has that ability. Where they're arguing is that there is less of a chance for that to occur regularly mm -hmm. than it would in a weak link sport where even if you've got yeah. that brilliant half who can get the ball to left and right, put the kick in exactly where you want, those sorts of things. At the end of the day, if your hooker is still giving you bad ball more often than he's not, you're better off replacing that. And this is only with sub-average to... Better than average. It does kind of strike out the absolute genetic freaks. So, yes, if you were put to put one of the greatest halves of all time, let's just example Benny Hunt. Good idea, Josh. Oh, thank you. If he was to go to the Roosters, they'd win this year. But we can all agree with that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can agree with that. Actually, no. <laughs> no, we've got James Tedesco on the team. We can't win this year. And that's the other big 
the big reply that they have is once it's sort of more than five or six people, you can shift it from weak link to strong link. Hockey, weak link sport. Absolutely. So, str- so strong link sport because you have five skaters on the field. Oh, right. Ice, ice hockey. hockey. Yeah, bad, sorry. When bad. I say ice hockey, I normally mean ice hockey. I understand Australia loves field hockey. Never been a part of it. Heart, you know, it's, never encountered it. It's, it's not as fun. <laughs> There's less danger in it. No knives. It is a huge, like one of the weakest link sports too. Yeah. So there's there's that aspect where that one player, that strong person can bring about a genuine change. It's once you kind of go, I think they were saying between seven and eight, goalies not included, depending on the field, that will flick you over to your better better off replacing five or six lower players with slightly better than average players, then bringing the one superstar. It applies directly to football because you see teams offer... Hundreds of millions to one player mm-hmm. and then backfill the rest with the budget they have left where statistically, if you were to create... A super team. Not even a super like team. Like Man City. Just a better than average team across the board. Statistically, and this is over a long time period. Okay. So what sports are strong link? Like what, did, what sports have they put in that class? So basketball. Basketball. Ice hockey. Uh-huh. Um, boxing and MMA. Obviously, because it's one on one. So we're counting one yeah. on one sports now. So it's pretty much any sports. Tennis. Tennis, again, in doubles. Yes. Strong linked. Again, one player is enough to play both. So it's anything with about between six and under, which isn't that many sports. The majority of team sports we watch are over that. Yeah. But it's this weird thing they were trying to get to the bottom of why, if we can produce this evidence, do sports teams go, well, screw that. We still want to spend. $300 million on Messi where we could spend $300 million on these eight supporting players. Yeah, we'll never have a Messi. But if all of our players are good enough to just get in their one best player's way enough, numbers will line up on our side. And it's not often picked. Go, Andy. I, I, I can counterpoint that quite easily. There's teams in the APL that have unlimited budgets. For teams like Man City, teams like Arsenal, teams like Newcastle United who are backed by... Saudi Arabian money yes. or Qatari money that can go out and afford to spend. Oh, I'm just going to spend 300 million, bring Killian Mbappe over to the Premier League. Oh, and I'm just going to surround him with another five players that are worth 100 million dollars each. Yes. They can do that, and it's completely legal. Yes. So in in that regards, it it blows your argument out of the water because when teams can do that, it doesn't matter if you've got some above average players. You can't beat the best in the world when you've got all six of them on the one team. It's a very good counterpoint. I don't know whether they calculated in salary caps as part of their experience. Well, there is no salary cap so in probably the NPL. So it was, but as I said, again, this study isn't used to like point out, oh, all sports teams are getting it wrong. This was there looking at why, if we can get these numbers, do these things happen? I didn't go through every single bit of it, so I'm not familiar with it there, but it was more interesting just along the lines of strong-linked and weak-linked teams. Well, I, I can see the counterpoint if you do have a, a strong hard salary cap like in the NRL. In the NRL, it's probably way better for you to go out and spend the money that you're spending on an Nathan Cleary or a fucking James Tedesco or one of those elite players and bring in five to six better-than-average players. It doesn't matter if you don't have that superstar halfback. As long as the halfback can pass and create some plays like a Mitchell Moses or a Jackson Hastings, you you see the results and they will score points and they will scrape into the finals. And realistically, that's all you really need to do because then it's a sudden death game. You know what I mean? And any team can beat any team on any given day. Yep. Yes. So I, I like that too because we've got 
all these different examples where we can look at. It just really took my fancy where it's like, oh, well, in because you do see it. And yeah. it's less around. You do see that marquee player signings. Remember when the Dolphins were coming into the league? And they couldn't get one. The whole talk was around this marquee signing. They still haven't got their marquee player. Like, you mm-hmm. wouldn't say they've caught one of the greats. Fuck it, man. They're beating so many other teams by having enough decent players in their positions to do it. So, again, any way you cross-section it, you can find supporting for and supporting against. It's just interesting, more than anything else. Mm. It did lead into some other studies, and it was around Wilt Chamberlain, who was, when he was playing, was described as like one of the most complete basketballers ever, except for what? Free throws. Yes. And there is a basketballer, and I can't remember his name, famously who who threw underhanded his whole career. There's only one person to ever do it. And he had an incredible incredible free throw percentage from throwing underhanded. How, how high are we talking? It was Rick Barry. Rick Barry, correct. There's he a, had a 90% shooting... Wait, what? Yes, we are talking... That's un, like ungodly. Yes, and that's what this crazy thing is, right? 90%. Now, Will Chamberlain shot underhanded for, I believe, one game or one season. Mm-hmm. It's one or the others. And that year was his best free throw record of all time. Barry... Very interesting man. He's, he's apparently very unlikable. He was described as half the people in the league don't like him. The other half of the people in the league hate him. So he's quite an unlikable dude. But his theory on this was he goes, well, when do, are you ever naturally standing with your hands above your head? He goes, the most natural position for your hands is between your legs, like down by your side between your legs. And like, because you got the national, like natural yep. rotation of your elbow coming out perfect to put the spin on yep and you can get a little bit of it up yep it is the perfect way to shoot free throws anybody who goes from shooting overhand to underhand in any time they've done this shoots better so wait can I ask a question was semi-pro slightly based on this guy where all he did was (laughs) (laughs) underarm throws no (laughs) (laughs) not quite not quite, but it doesn't matter. I fucking love that movie. Semi Pro is such a fun he movie. He cuts his finger off. Dude, yep. one of the best fake outs of all time. But, and they did. So we've got all this evidence. Shooting underhand is the preferred way. It will increase your accuracy. It's, it's better. stupid. Right. And here's the, here's the brilliant thing. You have stumbled upon the answer as to why no one does it. It looks stupid. That's why Will Chamberlain never did it again. So it's why Shaq, who had a terrible free throw accuracy, never did it. It turns out that as human beings, the evidence means nothing as long as it's not paired with positive social acceptance. So the findings of this study found that whatever data you have to prove it one way, if their community isn't socially willing to support that change, the data means nothing. One of the most complete basketballers of all time, who if he had 90% free throws, like Barry did, mm. would, without a doubt, be in the top three of greatest of all time players in every discussion. Limited simply because he didn't want to look stupid. Don't blame him. I wouldn't be able to accept it if I was a top player, but I threw underhanded free throws. You look stupid. And that's the thing, right? Josh and I look at this data and we go, that's ridiculous. Why would you do that? Until you and I, if ever have the study on us and decided, oh, oh why don't we do certain things? Like, each of us have done things that we know the data is re- is is relevant. Smoking, gambling, all these big vices that people have. 
We have all the fucking evidence in the world that is supporting the St George Dragons. Support bad for your mental health. Absolutely poor Horrible. for your physical health too. As well, bad for your TV's health, <laughs> neighbors' health. We have the evidence there, but we won't do it. And it's true. Why won't I support another team? Because I've supported the Dragons for this long, and if I change, everyone would say I change teams. I would make fun of you so unbelievably hard. For so the rest says of the life. guy who changed to the Dolphins. Dol- right, but here's the thing: he's changed to the Dolphins, but in your core, who do you go for? Dragons. I don't actually right. support the Dolphins. No. Because you can't. I can't. Because it's give stupid. Up my team. Like, that's fucking dumb it. as hell. I just thought it was absolutely fascinating when, I guess, you take the vibe sciences and you pair it with a traditionally statistic heavy endeavor, which is sports. The vibe is not on the <laughs> The vibe's wrong. I'm shooting overhanded. Fuck my record. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, like, isn't that mind blowing? I hope someone at home is listening just being like, I'm a little bit like, yeah, that makes so much sense because everyone knows that humans are so much more about aesthetics over functionality. Mm-hmm. Yes. That it really does not matter if... We, well, you It know, doesn't fucking yeah, matter. Like, yeah. clothing is another example. Man, well, people will wear the most sheerest fucking shit in the world when it's two degrees outside, but nah, I gotta look good though. Mm. Yeah. Yep. And even when you take it to these areas of human expertise, you know, the whole reason sport exists is to push those individual athletes to their highest potential. Turns out you can stand in the way of that potential by simply telling them they look like an idiot. <laughs> Every fucking time. dumb in that headgear. Take it off, dickhead. Well, looks dumb in that red and white jersey. Why don't you add an extra color to it? Well, that's add interesting. Add some blue. Because they did some science on that, and they said that the red V is the most aesthetically pleasing jersey of all time. And it's I find that hard to believe <laughs> because <laughs> the Sydney Roosters <laughs> jersey is the most aesthetically pleasing and the most professional jersey in the NRL. Listen, man, all I'm saying <laughs> is that the Dragons is one of the most recognisable fucking jerseys you can get. The oh. red V, everyone knows the red V. Everyone knows the tricolors. They've been around for every oh, year what, of it. Who the dolphins? The they roosters. No, I'm talking the roosters. about the, the you specific. You can't say tricolors when you got it wrong in the quiz. <laughs> <laughs> You're not allowed to use the word tricolors. I just when want to you point out wrong. the the look Andy just gave Jack. Then if oh, looks could my. kill, most of Wollongong would be obliterated at this oh, point. Wow. <laughs> I would have went off like the fucking Trinity <laughs> test. Yeah, bro. <laughs> Not good. That was beautiful to watch. But yeah, nah, fuck yeah. And also, to do the, like, the pulling your goalie, again, numbers were used to calculate when you have the most chance of scoring that goal when you take your goalie away and put a sixth shooter on the ice. And it was 11 minutes in the third quarter. Have you ever seen a single team do it with more than 60 seconds to go? Yes. In the fucking Stanley Cup final, the final game, the Carolina Panthers pulled their goalie with five minutes to go. There you go. And that's got to be one of the only times And they got ever. scored on three times. <laughs> there you go. And that's what they were breaking down in the results was that, does it increase your chances of winning? Yes. Does it increase your chances of losing by yes. a lot more than you were losing before and everyone thinking you're stupid? Yes. Also, yes. Also, yes. So there's that same aspect at play here where if you pull your goalie at 10 minutes to go and you're down 4-3, by one point, and you lose 7-3, everyone thinks you're a fucking idiot. But statistically, that was your smartest course of action to lose by more with the probability of getting that single goal to level it than the reverse. Yeah, like you're already losing anyway, and why not try something else to like switch it up a little bit and actually make an attempt? Yeah, and that was where the, that's where numbers always gets interesting once humans are involved because a loss is a loss on your record. Very rare, uh, you know, 
this is a game where about 100 games are played per season mm-hmm. versus 27 in the NRL. You know, 100 games, four and against comes into it far less than it does with NRL. Sorry, what are you what are you talking about? 100 games? Who plays 100 games? US sports, they're all... No, 82. 82, near 100. And four and against doesn't come into it. It's only the record of the team. There you go. How many games in the EPL per season? Ooh. Oh, I think that's about 30-something because you play once a week. So does for and, and against come much into yes. that? Yeah, it does. Yes. Goal difference comes into that. No, oh, there you go. in the NBA, for example, or in hockey, goal difference doesn't really come into an effect at all because all they're baseball. scoring so high. They're scoring high. Some teams are losing by a lot. They also have draws. So mm-hmm. draws are counted. No, no draws in the NBA. In NHL, NHL there is, yeah. And but a few other sports. So yeah, these are these are all the different reasons why for and against isn't as important. Hmm. So longer longer seasons, meaning more chance to win, lose, or draw, if draws are relevant. You have either incredibly high scoring games where both teams score incredibly high, or very low like soccer's a low scoring game. Yeah, you can get nil or games. Regularly. Yeah. Regularly. So for and against is normally used in sports where there are shorter seasons. Individual sc- scores are worth more points. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the lowest you can score in NRL is a one, and that's if you do a very special type of kick. <laughs> What's the lowest in here? No, I was going to say, or you're Greg Inglis, and you yeah. think that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never forget that fucking that field goal. that was a field goal when they were down by, by two. two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and two-point field goals weren't a thing. So Just fucking kick it, lol. I'm going to leave the signs there, but I have an interesting... So I've, based on all of that, here's the question I want to ask you guys. Yep. And it is around field goals. We see teams with very low-scoring ability this year. Roosters start of the season, couldn't, couldn't get over. Mm-hmm. Doggies last year were always down there, could never finally get over. People can regularly drop kick the ball accurately at 40 meters. If you can't score tries, why don't you just play to the two-point field goal line, sink the field goal, contest the ball on the short kickoff, and do it again? Why don't teams use two-point field goals as more of a strategy? Okay, this is our third set. We're clearly not getting over against these Broncos. Sit your ass back, get two points, try it again. I, risk and reward. I wasn't going to say, I don't have any evidence or data to prove this. So I'm just going to make wild claims. The Perfect. statistics show <laughs> right, that you're full of shit. There's the, the high risk, high reward sort of functionality of it. Because if you swing it to the left and it goes over the dead ball line, that's a seven tackle set. Plus, you've already lost all your meters that you just gave back yeah, to them too. Exactly. There's so too it, it's too high of a risk and to be taken. Let's be honest. Their accuracy and the amount of times they're going to get these goals, unless you're Nathan Cleary, is below 30%. Oh, yeah. Think about it any time that it's field goal territory for a game. They'll take four or five fucking shots. They're that terrible. Yes. Yeah. And you are correct. So, obviously, the reason they don't do it is because smarter people have already thought about this. I'm just saying, though, if you're part of your play like you it wasn't like a hey this ain't working let's just bang a field goal over it's more kind of along the lines like you are getting ready to play against one of those teams right so say Penrith who won get all the referee advantage and all the defensive advantage you can if you fuck this up they're going to steamroll you you've given them a seven tackle set but if you're the Tigers or the Dogs and you know that regardless of how you play they're getting 66 points like I'm thinking of like a dumbass Hail Mary 
why not just see if we can just frustrate them enough? That's another field goal. Suddenly, they bring their defensive line forward. That's enough for a clever half to run through. You know what? Fuck it. Why not five minutes in, 20 meters out, just fucking send one. Just put one through the back of it. Easy. We'll text hook. Yeah, like, seriously. Who's he going to tell? He's going to tell the commentators <laughs> and everyone. No, what is going to happen is from the five-minute mark now, they're going to start doing field goals 20 metres out when they realise they can't break the line, and they're going to get two points in front, and then they're never going to do anything else, and that's how we now win. This NRL is now becoming a 20 points per game It's crazy, right? But here's the thing. It's never been tried before. It will probably only ever work once before every team goes... They're going to fuck with us. Don't give them any space, but, boys. You know, we thought that. But what about the short uh, uh, drop kick? Yep. Like, that was just never heard of. Like, And now it's everywhere. And now everyone fucking does it. So yep. I'm just saying. And we saw a kicking duel the other day for the first time. I, that was. What do you mean let's, a kicking let's, duel? Let's discuss that. There because was, that was the dumbest <laughs> shit I've ever seen. What <laughs> sort of brain fart does someone have to have where Manly fucking sees that Gary gets the ball... First thing, he's 30 metres off the line. He's like, no, I'm going to fucking kick it back. And then they score. It was pretty pathetic. They fucking scored off it, man. Well, actually, you know, what, you know what the worst part about it was? Wasn't that they scored. It was the lackluster defence to even <laughs> attempt to Get stop back. old mate from breaking the line. Bro, they didn't even see. Garrick just stood there as he <laughs> ran past. Ella Edwards was already back there as he's making the kick and he doesn't think to himself, nah, this is a bad idea. Well, Edwards made the pass. Edwards passes it off to the winger and the winger made the oh, break no, no, and score. That's scored. what I'm saying. Um, Garrick didn't see the fact that Edwards was already back to the kick that he was going for to try and get fucking uh, Saab because obviously Saab was coming up on the right-hand wing, taken out, overbeaten anyone. But they're all back ready for it. I don't know how... But apparently they predicted the fact that he was about to kick it back. No, it's because the fullback, the way the fullback works is after that fifth tackle, he doesn't sort of move up. He just stays. Oh, in his no, sp- he moves back. Well, yeah, he obviously moves back, but he doesn't move. He doesn't have to move back as far. He will just hang back. But, like, did you watch the game? I didn't watch much. I seen the play, when, though. When Yeah, but, like, when you see it, like, it, it showed that they were a little bit clued on, even a little bit before. I know, something seemed... The, the wingers made their way back after the ball was kicked, but with the fullback, they will hang back after a kick mm. so that they're in position to start screaming out where the defensive holes are because that's their role. Edwards was taking a breather, and he's just gone, I can't believe this worked. That's <laughs> why he <laughs> fucking caught the ball he's and passed the ball, it off. He's gone, I was just tying my fucking shoes up. <laughs> you know what? I, I want to talk about another really interesting thing that occurred between Brisbane and Eels. I'm... Before you, whatever you're about to say, I want to throw it out there that, you know, I'm a New South Welshman. Yes, I would rather support the Taliban than any Queensland team. I really like the Broncos, man. They're really good. Not (laughs) only is Moses out for the rest of the season, he got BM'd so fucking hard on missing a tackle. Did you watch it, Andy? I didn't okay, watch so it, but I know I know he's oh, out for the season, which is so, great for me. So fucking, <laughs> oh, I can't remember who it was. Um, was it Oates? Oh, I don't know. No, Oates oh. is out. So no, it would have been Castoni's. Castoni's not Stags. Ah, not Cobbo. No, I can't remember. Herbie Farnworth. I think it was Herbie Farnworth. So as I said, isn't Farnworth at the Dolphins going to next year? Okay. Yeah, and he's with the Broncos now because he's got like the kind of yes hair that falls down. Herbie Farnworth and Castoni Stags look kind of similar. Anyway, he comes off, 
He's made a break. He's running down the left side. Now, I'll give it to Moses. Moses fucking catches him. He, <laughs> he catches him. He's like very clearly gaining meters. Comes in, goes to make the tackle, fails the tackle, gets a boot in the face for his troubles. As fun, uh, um, yeah, as he then falls over, does a backwards roly poly, looks at him, gives him a little bit of a finger, or like, you know, the finger wag, and then scores. Backwards. Scores backwards. And it was just, I just couldn't believe it. When I was sitting there, I was like, oh, no. It's like you never want to be put on a highlight clip, and you most certainly don't want to be put on a highlight clip like that. It's like the same thing when Adam Reynolds knocked himself out a couple of weeks ago and didn't score in the try-scoring position. It's like not only do you not remember the week of your life that's just happened, when you do watch the footage, you also also didn't do well. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like Moses, and why we like Moses and Gutho is they're fantastic defensive Halves, like, yeah, I know Gutho's a fullback. But he's also a very, very good defensive player. I got to get the, the clip off for you. You need to see it. Uh, where is it? But yeah, he Places. goes backwards over the try line, beaming the camera and scores a goal. It's beautiful. Was that also the game where, or was this the week before, where um, Walters and Tessie, not Tessie New, Ezra Mam go over the trial and holding the ball at the same time and then one of them steals it off the other one and scores? I don't remember that. It was either last week or the week before, maybe the episode we didn't do, where they both cross the line, they both catch like an offload at the same time, they're both holding the ball, take a step, and then the hooker goes, pinches it from the, the 5 eighth going, well, bro, you score more tries than me and puts it down. <laughs> <laughs> like essentially he's like... And it was his first double too, which was Kevy Walters' son. What Philly, his name <laughs> Billy is. Billy Walters, yeah. yeah. But yeah, man, them Broncos. Look, w- it's Panther v Broncos in the final, right? Dude, like, it, it's kind of insane when you look at the like scale of you've got Penrith clear in the lead, you've got Broncos clearly trailing them, and then you've got a huge gap. Then you've got Sharks and you've got Warriors. Like, they might pose a threat to these guys, but Penrith once again is showing clear dominance that's not apparent in any other team in the NRL. This and year. the only one that's close is the Broncos. Like, And they're close. They're not as close as you think. That's And I'm a, I'm on their bandwagon to win this year. Like, I want that. I think after last week, you'd be stupid to rule Melbourne out. They're dangerous, they're, and they always have they're, they're turning up dangerous. Oh, I just seen the try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that that's embarrassing oh, that yeah. he did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bro, that's what I mean. He ran backwards for ten meters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes directly on Moses the entire time, finger up. Yeah, dude, just <laughs> like oh mate, like you didn't have. Not only did you end his season, like you ended his season. You ended his fucking career. Yeah, like that's it. Mitch Moses <laughs> is over. Man, I'm <laughs> come back to the NRL after that. I'm a boxing, just like <laughs> Fafita Bankai Junior. Oh, I just. I wish fighting was allowed in NRL so they wouldn't all go do pay-per-view boxing matches that we then have to pay for. Do well, the hockey rule. Let them fight on the field. I agree, but also we're getting a good super card at the end of the year now. Who we got? I can't remember, but I know that... Um, fuck, what's his name? Because it was effective immediately, wasn't it? No, so he's playing out the rest of the season because he wants that cash. Oh, yeah, fair. But then at the end of the season, once November 1 hits, he is officially retired, in quotation marks. At 27. At 27 to go box. And I think Phil Gould predicted he'd fight like two or three times. Was it, no, it was Braith. Braith and Asta sit on 360. I reckon he'll fight two or three times and then get sick of it and like, no, nah, I want to come back to the NRL. 
and someone like Wayne Bennett will sign him up for like 300000 a year. Yeah, and get heaps of value out of him. Yeah, exactly. Like I think that's what's going to happen. He's got no value at the dogs because he's been playing like shit. And the reason he's playing like shit is because he's at the dogs <laughs> who are playing like shit. He, and he's, in particular though, he's been very quiet. He also played for State of Origin this year. Like, that's another thing everyone was pointing out. I was like, this kid played tw- State of Origin this year, but he still thinks he's out of form. Yes, he's been terrible, but... He's got the natural talent there, but uh, the State of Origin was... Th- he probably shouldn't have been picked. No, it wasn't a form pick. It was their go-fight Kobe Heverington or whatever his name was on the other side of the field. Like, they bought Corey him- Hawes, bro. Yes, but also the other one. He's a Ruben Cotter, the person he was swapping positions with. Well, I can't remember. Whatever that really really aggressive Queensland player was. They just brought him in to counteract him. Oh, you mean all 17 of them? Right. Yes. And that's what I mean. It was like, it was a pick that even we questioned at the time being like, look, we'd love Tavita. He's a beast when he's on, but he is not on this year at all. And he started the year injured too, I think. He didn't play every game. That's another thing I wanted to ask you is what do you think about Payne Haas? I love Payne Haas. So Payne Haas, three weeks ago, once out of the Broncos because they're not willing to pay him and now has re-signed with the Broncos because he get 1.2 a season. It's not often that I think a Ford is worth it. He's not worth 1.2. I'd say one. No, I don't even think he's worth it. $1 million plus players are halves, fullbacks, and superstars. Not a front rower. I reckon it lots. doesn't matter if he's the hardest running front rower. He shouldn't be making more than 800000 a season. I, know, I feel like Locks could start having a little bit of conversation I start, in, this, nah, in this case. Locks, 900000 Yeah? It's, it is just the salary cap at this point. Point if you're paying a million dollars a season, that kid has to be a hooker, five eighth, half back, or a fullback. But He's got to be a spine look, player. Look how the lock has transformed the game. No, I understand this year. Like I they understand are going into that. this spine, they are I, forming it. But you can't afford to throw all your money in all your spine players plus a lock. Do whatever I want. <laughs> That's why the dragons suck. No, there's plenty of other reasons there's why more we than suck. that. We'll we, get we, to can the list. we can do a whole show on that one. I so I get where you're coming from because traditionally, yes, you want it to be either your spine or or a playmaker. It's a superstar player. Payne Haas is just a front row that runs hard. Yes, I also think he's worth the one. Simply, here's why, and I know you can disagree because this. I is already just disagree with you. He's Payne worth the one million dollars in he's my not. mind. <laughs> <laughs> Simply for, for the one, his fitness level. So, yes, he is a prop who can play 80 minutes if asked. Okay, I get so that. That's Still 800000 a season max. Enough. Let me keep going, though. I've got a few. This is why I think he is an exception in that role. I'm now forever going to call him Paid Haas, by paid, the way. Paid Haas. Paid Haas. <laughs> this is also fucking brilliant. So, not only can you get the 80 minutes out of him if you can, yes, there is the fact that he is a one of the most dominant forwards in that position. That takes up the 800,000 there. You are the best in your role in the sport. There's your 800. The reason I think he gets the extra on top in my book is not only can you do that consistently, you can do it for longer than most other players, and you're so dominant in that position that whether you have the ball or not, your sheer presence in the offensive line is enough to change how the defense thinks every play. It's the same way that I think Latrell is one of the most devastating centres in the game because if he's there, whether he has the ball or not, that opposition centre who's defending him has to act differently because of his size and presence. I think Payne Haas in the front line makes people incredibly defensive props and front rows. Lindsay Collins being one of the best defensive like front rows, especially this year. Roos's second best fullback of the year. Lindsay Collins. What do you mean second best? <laughs> so, you know Actually, what? no, Joey Manu has played some games and looked good at That's fullback. That's what I mean. 
It goes, Manu, Collins, Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> this year. Pain being in that line, that extra $200,000 is for things that he doesn't do. It's for, hey, when you have a one-on-one tackle coming up. It's an extra $400,000. Yep. It's not worth it. You're paying overs for a big-ass body. You know, you, what other, no, you know what other teams make this stupid fucking decision? The Bulldogs, the Tigers, the, the, the teams that are down the bottom of the fucking field. You're paying too much money for a guy who, yes, he adds a lot to your offensive one, but he's sure as shit not a fucking Nathan Cleary. He's not a Reese Walsh, not a fucking Adam Reynolds. Okay, so I like that point. He's, he's not he's, as good as them. No, here's a counterpoint to... to Okay, you to discuss because you're wrong. <laughs> I don't care about being right. This is just fun now. So, you're right. The players who are worth the 1.2s and 1.1s and over. So that's Moses, Kalen, Kalen, Benny Hunt, Benny Hunt's on over a mil. Yeah, but he's not um, worth a million at the moment. <laughs> but he's on it. He's on it. So we're just listing players hey, who are on it. You shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got those like halves, as you said earlier. Halves, fullbacks, is X there, factors. Is there? An unsigned million dollar plus X factor player that Brisbane should be giving that money to that they're not. So my question is, no, they don't need to. But where it comes into it is now he's signed till twenty twenty six. Adam Reynolds is going to come off contract before then. Reese Walsh is going to come off contract before then. They're going to command bigger pay grades that they can't get because some fat prick has a fucking one point two million dollar contract. It's not a bad point. So the argument that I'm going for is. With that money you have now, because yes. it has to be used now, you you know you you're not going to leave it there going oh that's for two years away when you've got it there now. Is I don't think that they had another player that they could justifiably and he gets to go next because I want to see because Josh has listened to both of us. I don't have an opinion in this. I'm Get Renee really on the mic. I'm really just enjoying. She's just going to disagree with me. <laughs> yes, no, um, I have a bit of an opinion. I'll say so. I don't think that there was a player that you're envisioning they spend the money on now for them to spend the money on now. I'm not disagreeing with any of your reasoning. I think it's soundproof. I just don't think they there is that next player they no, needed. They are falling into the same trap every low-grade team does. They pay overs for a forward when they should be investing that money into a half or someone that's an X-factor. He's not the X-factor that you think he is. One million plus is reserved for X Factor players only. Can Fords be X players? X Factor? No, I think you're biased. No, I'm not being biased. (laughs) I genuinely think you're biased. I'm not, and I'm saying that supporting a team that pays overs for forwards. But like, there there are so many different fucking reasons that you could actually justify this spending because it. Yes, you might want these. X Factor players, they're the ones that pass. Fuck, the, the Broncos game. aren't playing this week. I can't yeah, go no, into their not. team. <laughs> <laughs> I've been scrolling this oh, list no, looking I can for the look Broncos. For you, look for you to find it. Um, but, like, okay, you, you think about it. There are more that a player can then bring rather than just their offensive skills, and I think Fords demonstrate that the best. If you have an 80-minute Ford player that can run, that can fucking continuously make tackles and actually bring... And here's something I don't know if you've thought about... A um, different set of morale through captaincy. Interesting I point. Because this is where I go back into lock. I think Cameron Murray's worth the fucking money. Let me tell you, he's Cameron, worth yes. nine hundred thousand. I think he's on worth a, more than on a, a smart salary cap manager's fo- book. He is worth nine hundred thousand, and he goes, "Thanks, boss, because I can make the rest up in third party deals." So I have a question for you on this. Then your stance is taken from salary cap breakdown. Yes, yes, I'm yeah, taking cool. it from. 
salary cap breakdowns and salary cap mismanagement, which has been happening at most of the teams in this comp. Yep. And we're not arguing from that standpoint. So that's probably why nothing's linking up because we're like, well, hold on. The no, let's just fight Andy. Well, Fuck you. I think, honestly. That's it. Microphone down. And we'll <laughs> let no, He'll fucking towel us up, bro. He's got that strength on him. You know what you, hey, man. You know what he's like. He's, <laughs> he's, got, he's, he's got it. He, you, we got we me and D frustrated, brother. <laughs> Hold up, no, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get there. Fucking. All thing I'm saying up. is, I've beaten Andy at socks before. Yeah, I've also beaten Andy at socks before. So I think we're a bit more of. I a beat Jaden at socks, motherfuckers, and he's fatter than both <laughs> of you combined. Hey, man, no one else beat Jaden because no one else wanted to. Yeah, touch no one else yeah, I had to. <laughs> I had to go wash him bleach yeah. after. <laughs> so, <coughs> Andy. Just to kind of wrap up before we jump onto another nah, one. No, I'm getting their salary cap up right now because I'm fighting this tooth and nail. Man, you I, can, but we're still not going to agree. <laughs> yeah, no, because <laughs> no, because I want to. I want to find out what is coming off contract in the next two years. I want to find out who's actually coming off contract. That's fair. Because but. that's what's going to say whether this is a good deal for them or not. Dead set. Because if you've got some big names coming off contract and you've just wasted money. And this is not a good deal for them. So wait, 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 hold on. Who are we classifying as big names within Broncos? Ezra Mam's going to be one of them. Let's put it that way. He's definitely a big name. Yeah, I'd absolutely. say that. I would say Adam and I Reynolds just, is a big name. Stags. Okay. Stags, yes. Yeah, on the centers, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I can't yeah. give you money for everyone, but I can give you money for some. Well, that's you know we can interpolate enough to have a good chat. So, twenty twenty four. At the end of 2024, the following major players are coming off contract. Ezra Mam. Yep. He'll, uh, he's there Adam back. Reynolds. Number seven, halfback. Tony Staggs is one more year. Reese Walsh is actually only on 400k a year. Oh, he'll get He's so much going money. to demand more money. One million plus. And least. guess what year he comes off contract? 2025. 2026. Oh, right around when the other negotiations take place. So then you could think of other ample room where because... He, it's going Thomas to 2026, they off, might bring his money down. Thomas Flegler's off contract at the moment. Do you reckon Reese might go for a ne- renegotiation before the end of 2026? Because oh, absolutely. The man's like being criminally underpaid here. Yeah, I know that because he, he was originally a Bronco, left to go play NR because he wasn't getting a start. Yeah, in and Brisbane Warriors decided the Warriors. Like, they would give him what he wanted yep. and they, they just weren't performing at so that time. So I also think, and this is adding to part of Andy's argument, I think that 400K is is kind of like an incredibly unders of his worth. So it I is agree. definitely yeah, under. But so when when his contract comes up, he's going to be demanding between 800 and 1.1. I guarantee you that's Absolutely. what he'll be, they'll yeah. value him at. No They're doubt. not going to have the money. They're not going to have the money right now. No, they won't, but at the end of 2026, they will. No, because he comes off contract and can start negotiating with other clubs November 1st, 2024. Ooh, but so he's yeah, going to have a lot of bargaining question. Power. Go. Will he want to? Will he want to look at other teams? Because I don't know, man. He if they can't offer real... him, I know he wanted to go back to the Broncos, but the way that's he's now got origin experience behind him, he is going to be basically kicking Teddy out of that number one for Australia. I would say so, if not. He should be. If not, Edwards I mean, probably I'd, yeah, first. I'd say Edwards could give him a run for his money. But Walsh, Walsh for the future, though, because he's what? No. Walsh, Walsh will get it over Edwards because, A, Walsh has played Origin, and, B, Walsh is a better X factor than Edwards can be. He needs to settle down a little bit, and that's only going to come with age. I know. Valid. Valid. And 
I it's too hot. So I guess something to throw to this argument then is we've seen the Panthers go through currently start to and will continue to go through a very similar thing. They're going to start losing players like Bakker load. So they've already lost Stephen Crichton next year. They lost Billy Kickow. They've lost well, Coruscant. Mean, Coruscant, Tavita Pangai even because he was there for a little bit. Yep. They lost or are losing Spencer Lino. But that's yep. not just because they've lost these names. I think Penrith is the perfect catalyst to show this that that means shit. I They're agree about him. to lose Jerome Luai. You know what? It's still <laughs> Despite means what we think about him. Because they have this developmental program that they've been building for so built for so long. Shout out, Gus. I always yeah, bring that up when he like, did it. Because everyone thought he was a madman. It's insane that. It, uh, this thought is happening because it doesn't matter that they're losing these big names because this gives then the new developmental players from Penrith who have been slotting in quite well, mind you, ever since they've Cogger. lost some of the other players. Cogger's not... Cogger's no, he's not, signed. No, 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 but Cogger's not a Penrith junior. He just signed there. He's fantastic. I just wanted he to give came, him a shout-out in general. He came from Newcastle, went to the Doggies, <laughs> oh, went to Penrith, and now is heading back to Nui. But... I, I like that, but you, you're forgetting the big thing about that Penrith team is they all came up together. They've been playing since like under 10s yeah, together. But, okay, wait, hold on. So They've also played footy. Yes. You know for a fact that age brackets start becoming no, very irrelevant very quick. I do get that, but playing together for that long mm. is just yeah, but unreal. I, Look at what Queensland did for those eight years. They picked a team that had been playing together for fucking yonks and dominated us. It's the same with Penrith. Those players have been playing together for so long, they know each other like the back of your hand. It doesn't matter if you pull Jerome Luai out. The, whoever slots in isn't going to know Nathan Cleary as well as Jerome Luai does. That is Not very true. As well as Dylan Edwards. But... You know, there's gonna be those slot ins where they're gonna yeah, have but the they're gonna chemistry be with other players that they can start working around. There might be these bumps, but because they've got the older players to bring the new ones into the line, they've got this developmental system where they're working alongside them. Plus the fact that they've still got these playmakers for so many years, they can keep forming. And if even if they slowly, Nathan Cleary will be a rooster before the end of his career. <laughs> Everybody joins the roosters. No, the roosters is the entropy of the NRL. All things eventually end. Man's been a fucking tricolors. <laughs> He'll be a rooster by the end of it because he's grew, he grew up a roosters fan. That means that's even nothing. worse. <laughs> I like how you did nothing. Okay, that's heaps worse. <laughs> Let's leave that there because one, I'm sure everyone who's listening will have their own opinion, and please share them with us especially if they validate mine and Josh's argument. I love being validated. Yeah. Validate Andy's as well, because God knows he ain't getting none here in this house. <laughs> Let's talk about the Tigers. Let What do we got to talk about with the Tigers today? Fuck they you. sack Sheens. As starting from next year, Sheens is gone. He's been told no more. He's not even the general manager of football anymore. He's just gone. Well, to be fair, the dude's what, like 97? 70-something. Same age as Bennett, I think. He's fucking old. I'm so excited for Tigers because let me tell you, Mac and Reese have been shitting on me nonstop for the past month because I've come out and said straight up, Tigers over Bulldogs next year. And Okay, so they'll get 16th instead of 17th. Win's a win, baby. Hey, man. Put you down this end of the table. Win's a win. <laughs> Tigers are showing. They've signed the fucking young guns. They've got Sullivan. They've got a new coach. They're did getting rid of their old coach. Did they get Sullivan? They did. Four years. Okay, yeah, fair went enough. To Tigers. Yeah, it's he's their halfback now. They're yeah. like... Don't like that. I, I really... Oh, we hate him. But we love Sullivan. I really There's think that Tigers have promise next year. They need a six, then. 
They need a, pro- a genuine six. Do they still got money in their salary cap? Or um, no, they're spending a good chunk of it. So they've got a couple of players off injured who my bet for six would be Dewey. Yeah, but do you reckon Dewey's a center or a fullback better? I I don't know. I don't know. But from looking at who they have and who they're letting go, it would it seems to me that they're kind of putting their money behind Dewey coming back and being the experienced six, letting Sullivan run the game. Do you know what I mean? In that kind of partnership way. Quiet six, loud seven, got the old dog there, even though he's had a career torn by injuries. I, that's where I see them placing Dewey because I don't see him going in at fullback or wing or centre. They seem to be doing quite okay there. And they've got a couple of really exciting players. I'm with Josh. I think Tigers, I haven't picked them for this year. Is like, this is going to be a better year for them. Huh. It's been better to watch even though the results are the same. It's looked uh, looked a lot nicer in parts of this year. Yeah, last year was more exciting with like the golden point field goals from Hastings. Like that was mental. But then they pissed Hastings off. Yeah, which has worked wonders for the Knights. I don't want to talk about them. So Dude, the Knights are showing real. Yeah, is it six in a row, year? five yeah. in a row. Six they're six. in the top eight now. Yeah, comfortably. Um, ah, they're still teetering. question with the Knights though, oh. and this harkens back to an early. Early episode of ours. What position does KP start in? He should be one. He can't be a six. He's a one. Who said that right at the start of the year? Everyone. Me- no. No, he didn't. Roll the tape. <laughs> Roll the tape. Because I went, there's no way he's going to last in six. They're going to walk in there. He's going to get smacked in the head. And they're going to throw him back to one very quickly. And I remember vividly. Now, this is memory. And I have a victim complex. So we might roll the tape. And, and you are known for different. making things up. He also has like dementia or something. And working with all... Actually, I'm not yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not... Leave me alone. I distinctly remember, I think it was you, Randy, being like, no, six was probably a better move. One one of you was arguing that six was going to be a fantastic move. Definitely an Andy thing. It's, it feels like an Andy thing. Yeah, because I just wanted him to get concussed. <laughs> um, speaking of player movements, did you guys know that SAS is like, officially gone as of next year? Yeah, he's gone to hell KR. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Just, he wasn't getting, re- he wasn't getting re-signed by the Dolphins. Ah. But I was like, damn, fair. Well, I think they bought him on last weekend for about two minutes. He got HIA. The Dolphins got HIA'd a lot on the weekend. Yeah, Dolphins are not looking great for this. As Andy was telling me just before this, they've got a lot of players gone because There's of There's like six players out. Yeah. Knights, training I'm line. telling you, they're looking pretty sexy for this week. Oh, Knights and Dolphins. No, the uh, Dolphins aren't playing the Knights. They're playing oh. the Tigers. Oh, I th- Tigers are paying a dollar thirty-seven against them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, What yeah. a... Three dollars. Three dollar ten. Tigers will win. I'd say. I'd say so. Like Dolphins have so many plays out, and they've only recently got like their halves back. It's just, um, I'm really keen to kind of see what's happening because it turns out this like second half has been a little bit of a shake up compared to what the first half of the season was offering. Yeah, it's it's gotten interesting. My initial prospect of Para coming back and just dominating has well, that, been completely wrong. Yes, this is very wrong. They will not make the eight now that Moses is gone. I don't think so. And It'll be rough to watch. Their last round is a draw, I think. So a lot of their position is based on how the teams around them play. So I dare say they're out. Be interesting to see who's going to take that spot from them. The Chookies win this week, which they should, and next week. I reckon they'll be playing the Rabbitohs for a spot in the eight. This is so weird to hear from Andy. Can we roll the tape? <laughs> <laughs> Just flashback <laughs> <to> week three. 
<laughs> our season <laughs> review episode is going to be each of us listening to our show, finding hot takes from each other from the year, and then bringing the receipts to the episode. Oh, and just absolutely Are <laughs> You said. Oh, man, I haven't listened to a single recording. This will be interesting to come back and hear all the dumb takes I've had. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be so embarrassed. Oh, dude, we've... um. We do it on the F1 show on occasion. One of us will be like, well, last, remember last week when you said this year we've agreed with each other a lot more. Hell fucking yeah. So, does anyone else have any big sports stories they want to talk about? I'm good. The fact that I want to go home and watch the Matildas. Yeah, yeah. Let's, get, let's get out of here. The Matildas are on soon. All right, well, let's wrap this bad boy up. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget our socials. Our social medias is at Bums on the Bench everywhere. You can mm-hmm. listen to us pretty much everywhere except for Apple yet. We're still arguing about why it won't go live. It's just it's apples Jack's and oranges. Fault. It's Jack's fault. <laughs> boo. And also double <laughs> boo. Uh, and yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.